I started as an apprentice 20 years ago, there were no support groups. There were no women in trades groups. They just simply didn't exist. So now, I mean, I could name 20 of them. Hi, I'm Prab Banga. And I'm Adam Borgatti. Welcome to the Road to Net Zero. Acon's sustainability podcast. Hi, everyone. Today at the podcast, we'll be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to me, female representation in the construction industry. From my prior role at my previous company to now, I've often been a minority in the meeting room, sometimes the only female in the room. Although I wear this badge with pride, it's an important topic that needs to be addressed in our industry. Absolutely. Uh, This is one in our industry that we've always struggled with and that we've been tackling uh, ever since I joined as well, probably close to 15 years ago now. According to BuildForce, about 13% of Canadians employed in the construction industry, both on and off-site, are women. And only about 4.7% of tradespeople working in the industry are also women. These numbers are shocking, um, but not surprising. And this is why it's an issue that we need to focus on. It's it's more sustainable to support our industry's growing infrastructure needs with a larger talent pool that doesn't exclude 50% of our population. But the good news is that this number is steadily increasing and it is at an all-time high. And Canada compares actually really well to other nations when it comes to women employed in construction. By contracts in the US, the number is close to 9%, while it sits around 10% in the UK. This difference may be partially a result of recent recruitment efforts aimed directly at young women and girls. In Ontario, for example, institutions are offering free or low-cost apprenticeship programs to entice young women to the trades programs, like the Women in Skilled Trades WIST program through Conestoga College. And at ACON, we've got our own training program focused entirely on women called the ACON Women in Trades, or AWIT. More for our alphabet soup for those who are active listeners. Launched in 2019, the AWIT program is dedicated to bringing more women into our trades workforce and helping them thrive and achieve continued success. So far, the program's had over 70 graduates to date, and our clients are really seeing the benefits as we put these uh, skilled trades women out in the workforce. The unique point about AWIT is that it's a -a one-of-a-kind program. It recruits women with no construction experience and in collaboration with various unions, providing comprehensive training much needed in in in-demand roles. To talk to us more generally about breaking, or in the construction industry, taking a hammer to the glass ceiling for women in construction is Jennifer Green. Jennifer is the Director of Competitions at Skills Ontario, an organization focused on encouraging youth to explore and pursue career opportunities in the skilled trades and technologies. She is also described as a glass ceiling breaker, I love that title, for women, in non-traditional roles, focusing on breaking new ground and destroying stigmas, and is an influential leader with extensive experience building and supporting world-class programming and effective change. She has promoted the advancement of the skilled trades throughout Ontario for about 20 years in various roles through volunteerism, speaking engagements, and consulting. Among her accolades, she has been presented with the College's Ontario Premier's Award, Universal Women's Network Women of Inspiration Award, WXN Canada's Most Powerful Women Award, and the Conestoga College Alumni of Distinction Award. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Excellent. And again, uh, thanks on my behalf as well. Jennifer, if you could start by talking to us about why the glass ceiling is more prominent in industries like construction and why the industry continues to remain so male-dominated, while other more traditional male-female employment roles have seen much greater equality in their recruitment. 
There's always been the stigma and the stereotypes against skilled trades and blue collar in general. But when you compare skilled trades as male dominated to another profession, there's all these other layers um, using the common metaphor of an onion where you might be in an environment where you get dirty and not necessarily people want to do that, whether you're in a factory or working outside, um, thinking about additional layers such as PPE, personal protective equipment, um, all these other additional layers that other male-dominated trades might not uh, require that women um, are still trying to fit into. I mean, we look at PPE and the fight for proper fitting, uh, just workwear in general or personal protective equipment, let alone being available in stores um, that even if they do offer it, you generally have to order online and then you're ordering at least two sizes and returning one, trying to see what fits best. So there's all these other layers that you either have to, and I'll put in quotations, get used to or understand or be comfortable with on top of the stereotypes and the stigmas. Now, don't get me wrong, Ontario has done a fantastic job, uh, especially with the new percentages that were released uh, just last month on uh, registered apprentices, where Ontario's had a record high of 24% of apprentices registered this year. And of that, 27% were women. Uh, so lots of strides are being made in the industry, and especially a lot more groups. When I started as an apprentice 20 years ago, there were no support groups. There were no women in trades groups. They just simply didn't exist. Uh, so now, I mean, I could name 20 of them, whether they're in Ontario, Canada-wide, or in North America that exist. And the whole see it, be it really does make a difference in understanding and realizing that, one, this is an opportunity for you. Um, there's 144 registered trades in the province of Ontario. And I think it's off the top of my head, I think it's 56 of those are in construction. There's six different licenses for crane operator, but nobody knows that. They don't realize it's an actual trade where you can take an apprenticeship. So also making sure that the information is available and communicated effectively to actually understand that these careers exist on top of finding better ways to break those additional layers and finding appropriate measures uh, to break those stigmas and stereotypes. It's great to hear that stat of 27% registered or who are women registered for apprenticeship programs. That's amazing. And on the PPE point, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I can definitely relate to that. One of my first safety vets, vests were a small men's, um, but glad that there's more options on the market now for sure. Um, so site work actually is probably seen as one of the most male dominant aspects of construction due to its physical demands. However, women work in many physically demanding roles. So why is it still seen as sort of a barrier for women to enter the construction industry? On my end, as a industrial mechanic millwright, I was in a factory and I had a lot of opportunities to make custom tools or use different types of equipment. I certainly, I couldn't lift in half the motors that I installed where I could watch my male counterparts lift a motor with one arm and screw it in with the other and I could barely lift it in with two arms. So on my end, I had to come up with different tools and special apparatuses to be able to help me with that. But when we're talking specifically to construction, especially out in a site, you might not necessarily have the same opportunity available, especially if it's limited resources or what's actually on site, to be able to make those specialty apparatuses to be able to move forward. Another aspect is not everybody works out and it is 
100% true that men can generally be stronger than women. And you think about the culture in general of our economy and people having fitness routines or working out being a daily part of your life to be able to have those physical demands. You have to be able to also want that. Maybe not everybody wants to be able to go to the gym every week. I'm not saying that that is necessary by any means, but it certainly helps in uh, long-term effects to be able to do that. But even understanding that if there are the proper tools, again, it goes back to the stereotypes and stigmas. Is that like, oh, it's only heavy lifting. I'm not capable of that but there are special tools. There are uh, apparatuses and equipment available, but again, doesn't necessarily come across as common knowledge. That's not the first topic of conversation that gets brought up when you talk about women in trades, especially in construction. So again, the communication piece of what is available in a package specifically designed to communicate to women or those who identify as women of what's available based on those common stereotypes to make them feel comfortable about coming and applying and actually wanting to be there. Great insight. And obviously, you know, it sounds like you and, and probably many others out there are, are learning how to do this smarter and challenging traditional ways things are done, which was kind of brute force. Um, the way you can automate, the way you can adjust to certain work methods, uh, no doubt the diversity that more women in the field will bring uh, will help everybody kind of advance things like that. I don't know if anybody's seen the uh, Barbie movie of late, but uh, I went to see it on the weekend with my girls. And there's a couple tremendous scenes about kind of all women construction sites and how they're doing things so efficiently and amazingly. Look, a construction site. We need that good feminine energy. I highly encourage that as well. It's, it's certainly possible from that perspective. You uh, you touched on a little bit with communication and, and more marketing towards it. But, you know, how do you think some of the challenges that you mentioned in, the, in our chat so far can be addressed uh, in construction and attract more female candidates in addition to what you just said. To be public with it, and you as a company are already a prime example of that. You have a women in construction group. You're public about it. You have a fantastic webpage about it, explaining what it is, what you do, what it's about. More companies need to adapt that. Uh, Hydro One has that on their website. Bruce Power is another one. So being public with what you're doing shows that you are supporting those underrepresented groups, saying we understand what the challenges have been, we understand what the challenges are, and this is what we're doing about them. This is how we're protecting that you and supporting you. By being public, just as simple on your website to be able to look that up and understand that your company cares about that, and this is what you're doing, is a safety net. As a woman applying who's maybe never even thought about trades before and they're moving into it or one who has and maybe had a bad experience, they know that by looking at your company, you care. You do have processes in place before something even happens. You know that you're going to be supported um, and that maybe an experience that you've had in the past will likely maybe not happen there because there is a program, because it's being addressed, because you're being public with what you're offering. Um, everything from maybe specifics on uh, maternity-like duties and what you would have in that roles, having a PPE program, um, even having mentorship and support groups, showing that you are doing work towards underrepresented groups and even just having an open forum of a group shows the public uh, that you are there to support them and is a huge safety net and more comfortability in applying to that company. Thank you for that. And, and in addition to some of the programs that you mentioned, so we, we talked about Conestoga having a program, Acon has AWIT. 
What would you say are some of the other programs out there in our sector and, and what are they doing to attract women to the industry? At Multiple, I mentioned Hydro One already. They have an internal uh, women's group. Um, this one's specifically not manufacturing, sorry, not construction, but manufacturing, but it is one of my favorites and I like to promote it, uh, especially in introducing more women and it can be adapted into construction and other areas is uh, Linamar Manufacturing. They have a program that once a year, uh, they promote and advertise and do information sessions on who they are and what trades they offer. And they have a program where they will accept grade 12 students. Um, they pay for their travel to help them if they're going to move to the area. Uh, they register them as an apprentice. And it's a whole program built around grade 12s and getting youth into manufacturing trades by having that program about having the door open and being willing to take on a first year apprentice. The average age in Ontario is 27 or 28 for an apprentice, uh, some of them being a second career, but they have the life skills. Uh, and people are looking for, companies are looking for a second and a third year apprentice or someone registered because they're already at that stage of life. And it's very difficult to take on a first year apprentice, especially after grade 12, um, where they're very green to probably living on their own, learning how to balance their own books or pay their own bills. Uh, so having a program like that is an open door to allowing more youth to get in as a first year apprentice. Um, it's a very successful program and it runs annually. It's open to students across the entire province. Uh, so those are some examples where companies can either create their own programs and again, be public about them on what industries can do. And again, noting on your own internal program, uh, companies highlighting, if they're doing it, be public about it. Don't be quiet about it. There are several companies that I know have women in trades groups, but they're not public about them. It's just the internal that really know. Um, so put them on your website, let the public know, let women know, and those who identify as women, that this is available to you, that this industry and this company is doing this. So I actually wanted to ask you, because we didn't cover it, but what attracted you to the trades? My story is a little bit different and unique. Um, I was actually scheduled to go to the University of Toronto for forensic criminology. It was my passion and I loved it, uh, but also had taken tech class uh, since I was in grade seven and used it as a bird course. I was good at it, got great grades and used it to boost my university application. Uh, so I was already doing it and I have three generations of skilled trades before me. But again, the stereotype, 4.0 GPA, I was headed for university, like that was the path that was named for me. Nothing else was looked at, even though I already did tech class and I was good at it and my family was in it. It was never promoted because that wasn't the path that I was being pushed towards. And when cooperative education was announced in class the one day about an opportunity to go out and work one-on-one -on -one with people in a field, I was like, well, that sounds like Fun. That sounds like something I'd be interested in. I'm a very hands-on visual learner, um, which, which made just even studying a little bit more difficult in general for me. And when this opportunity arose, I thought, what the heck? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go try a skilled trade. I have fun in tech class. I enjoy it. Uh, and on a whim, I grabbed it was actually Conestoga College, is my college. And uh, at the time it was uh, printed. Uh, books on what the guides with the courses were and I read through the whole book sitting in my guidance education guidance office and saw industrial mail right and the description fit me perfectly and I was like well this sounds like 
meat. It sounds like stuff that I enjoy. And on a whim, I took co-op and ended up loving it and changed my entire course load for grade 12. Um, registered and applied for the OEAP program, Ontario Youth Apprenticeship, and became a registered apprentice uh, in my first year of grade 12. And then ended up having my license by the age of 21. That's amazing. And kudos to you for uh, following your passion and transitioning from the, the criminology program that you're in to, to trade. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So lastly, um, what advice would you give to a female, maybe a young female, or anyone considering a career in construction? To make yourself as knowledgeable as possible. The more knowledge you have under your belt, the more valuable you are. But make yourself indispensable. Make your seat at the table. And I say that because if you're the only one on site who knows a very specialty attribute or special knowledge that's required, you are the one that they're going to look to. Make yourself available to gathering as much knowledge as you can, become an expert, become a specialty in something that nobody else can do. And you're the one who's looked to. You're the one who now can train somebody else in what that is. So keep your door open to gaining the knowledge, gaining experience, volunteering, saying yes. Because the more experience you have, the more you can always add to your resume and the more that you can bring to the table. You're already sticking out like a sore thumb as it is as a woman in a male-dominated industry. Why not stick out a little bit more? Add those other additional levels and stand out and be your own. Amazing. Outstanding advice and great uh, experience that uh, you're able to share with us today, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your time. Lots for us to unpack and take away here, but uh, I'm glad uh, you think we're doing a, a reasonable job and sounds like we got to keep moving forward. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Acon Group Inc. for more updates and teasers about upcoming episodes. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to our Road to Net Zero podcast. Podcast.